0: Every time I try to make it on my own. every time I try to stand, and start to fall, and all those lonely roads that I've traveled on, and there and was Jesus. Jesus. came crashing to the ground When When the friends friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see
1: Ladies and gentlemen, hello, 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 and welcome to episode 13 of Rise Up Here from the Live Free or Die Granite state of New Hampshire. And as always, it is a pleasure, a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Uh, Those who are watching Please just give me a thumbs up in the comment section if the sound is good, if I need to turn up any volume on my microphone or anywhere else. As you know, we've had some technical difficulties these last, uh, you know, Monday and even Friday. Uh, So we're working those out. We're trying to make some changes here in our studios. Not only our studio here in New Hampshire, but also uh, Mike and Frankie's studio down in New York. So we got a lot of changes going on here. But if everything is good, just let me know if anything needs to be changed. Let me know, folks, what a wonderful way to start Rise Up this morning with one of my top 10 favorite songs of all time, There Was Jesus. With Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. I got to tell you, when this song first came out, when this song first came out and I heard that J- Dolly Parton was going to be on a song with one of my favorite um, faith singers of all time, Zach Williams, I knew it was going to be special. Then this came out, and I have to tell you, for the first two years of listening to this song, every single time that it came on, no matter where I was, I stopped what I was doing and I cried. That song made me makes me cry literally almost every time I listen to it, because it's one of those songs that I identify with a certain period or time in my life, and I go back to that time. So for me, it says, you know, in the fires, in the flood, in the, you know, in the valleys, and through all time, Jesus was with you, no matter what, no matter what you were thinking, no matter where you were, no matter how you were living, Jesus was there. In the fires, in the flood, there was, G- I mean, all over. So when I was doing my time in jail, uh, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, that's what I think of. And I think of that time when I was most alone, uh, because when I was there, another thing a lot of people don't know about me, A, is I was there. B, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have anybody there. No, nobody came and saw me. Uh, nobody wrote. I think my sister wrote me a few times. I want my best friend wrote me, uh, but my parents really didn't, you know, and, and they never came and saw me or anything like that. So I literally felt alone. I felt super alone. And uh, that song actually brings me back to that moment to let me know that I wasn't alone, that Jesus was there and he was always there. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This is episode 13 of Rise Up with Jeremy Harrell here at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, LFA-TV. I will ask you all to share this far and wide. Share it to every social media platform that you have. And this is more important than LFA-TV. This is truly spreading the gospel, which is what Jesus informed us to do. We have almost 400 people watching. We're looking for 1,000 people easily on this show, and we're looking for 500 rumbles. Let's all together... Go to the Lord in prayer to bless this podcast, to bless this episode, to bless the network, to bless all of the multitudes of people who finance, fund, and are here sharing the gospel every day, and to ask for our path to be lit up uh, by, by, by the lamp, the light of God, the Lamb of God, to show us the way through our day. Please remove your hats if you're wearing one. And let's, my hair is an absolute wreck. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Here we go. Our Father, thank you so very much, Lord, for giving us this fellowship and this time together. Lord, so many people believe that going to church nowadays is not needed. And while the church is not four walls and a roof, Lord, please touch these people's hearts to find a church that actually is Bible-based and they feel comfortable with because the benefit, Lord, of going to church is to strengthen our relationship with you, with other believers. Be around like-minded people, Lord. We know that we become what we hang out with and we ask, Lord, that you help us discern between what is good and what is bad, what is holy and what is not, and help us continue to push the bad and the unholy and the evil out of our lives. Be there for them, but don't be there with them lord we ask for that strength we ask for that guidance we ask for that wisdom we, we pray lord that you are here with us covering this show this network and everybody involved in an armor of god that we may know peace as we congregate together as we fellowship together and as we strengthen our relationships with you lord we thank you for this time together and we ask for your blessings and your guidance in jesus name we pray amen Wonderful people uh, that, that are starting to really... You know, a lot of people are watching the show for the very first time in the last, uh, you know, last couple days. Uh, a lot of people did not watch the first 12 episodes, and they're here today. A lot of people didn't watch the first 11 episodes, and they were there yesterday. That's good. That means that we are getting the message out there. We're getting the gospel out there to all who will hear, and I'm truly, truly blessed. I am truly blessed. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we start the show... I said that I was going to show you a couple things that were sent to me. The Giving Manger. The Giving Manger, bring this Giving Manger into your home and help your family shift the focus of Christmas from getting to giving. Place a piece of straw in the manger each time a each time a kind deed or act of service is performed on Christmas Day, place baby Jesus in the manger, filled with love and service. As your family works together to spread love and kindness this holiday season, your hearts and home will be filled with more joy than ever before. I have never seen this. I absolutely love this. Thank you so very much. And of course, we also got this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where the light switch is on this. We had it on yesterday. I think it's right in there. There it is. Hold on one second. Let's turn this on. This is beautiful. Come on. I don't know where the on switch on that thing is. Oh, there it is. It's finally on. Check it out. Ah, oh no. It fell off the pew. That's all right. We'll get that cleaned up. But Eli, can you grab that? I'll just, there you go. Thank you very much. That's what it is, folks. There it is. Beautiful, isn't it? Now there's lights in there, obviously. Diane Budzillo, thank you so very much for this gift. Sorry that it fell on the ground. I did not mean for that to happen. Uh, There we go. It'll just sit right over there now. So we get good gifts. We get great gifts here. Uh, James Henry says, LFA shows are so good. If I miss, I always go back and watch later and rumble, of course. Uh, LFA producer says, I am a goof. Jeremy, your servant heart is so evident when you pray with us for us and for America. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you. Um, Ray says, I only put one scoop of coffee in my coffee pot instead of three with six cups of water. Needless to say, I had to make a new pot after drinking hot water. Don't want to do that? And hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you're filling that coffee pot with the brand new Rise Up coffee. You've got your light medium roast, which is the American pecan, and you have your dark, dark, rich roast, which is the Sumatra gold, ladies and gentlemen. As you see, we got the cross on the back. We are not shy of giving all glory to our, our, our Lord, even when we're making something as simple as coffee. I love coffee. I know you guys do too. Let's have our first slurp here. And let's go and let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. One minute prayer for dads. If you're new to the show, if you're new to Rise Up, if it's the first time that you're here, we start out every morning with a book called One Minute Prayer for Dads. My mother got me this gift after I became a Christian, and I have not put it down ever since that day. Now, I want to read this one for you. By the way, the focus of our show today is called Friends of Evil Will Suffer Too. Now, we're going to lead today's show up to the verse of the day, which is also titled the same exact thing. Okay, friends of evil will suffer, too. And we're going to talk about uh, becoming who you put yourself around with, doing the things that you see and fill your ears and eyes with every day. Remember, garbage in, garbage out. Do you know how hard it is to leave your old life behind? It's very difficult. But if you lean on Jesus, it's not as hard as you think. But this, uh, we're just going page by page here. And um, this book is not only good for dads, it's good for moms too. But this says, it's titled, Read to Me, Daddy. Doesn't that make you just your heart melt? Read to me, Daddy. Again, one minute prayer for dads. 2 Timothy 4.13 says, When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus and Troas. Also, the books and above all, the Parchments, Dad, raise a good reader i will I just I want to let you guys know that all of our kids love to read, and they will go through novels, like you know three hundred page novels in a weekend, like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Our kids love to read, so I'm very blessed about that because I was never a reader. I still have a hard time reading i have to, I get more out of the Bible if I listen to it while I'm reading it. Than I do just reading it. <clears throat> I was never a good, um, I was never good at being able to comprehend uh, what I was reading, paragraph by paragraph. So the fact that my kids uh, love it is amazing to me. Making reading time a special bo- uh, bonding experience, even if only with a short five-minute bedtime story, or if the kids are older, try reading a chapter from a longer book. Let them take a turn. Reading aloud too, we actually do this with the Bible. Now, sometimes we fall away from this and the kids get so busy with sports and stuff. We get away from it, but we always go back to it. And our five year old, every single night, she gets a Bible story out of her Bible book every single night. Um, So then it says, Father, I love to note that Paul was an avid reader. He instructed Timothy to bring the books and the parchments he had left with Carpus As I look for ways to bond with my kids, I want reading to be one of these ways. I want the kids to someday look back and recall my voice as I tucked them into bed with a good night moon or read the Chronicles of Narnia to them after supper. Not only will this be a great bonding time, but it will pass along to them the realization that reading is a necessity. Yes, Lord, may I raise a generation of readers of good books and your word which means reading the Bible. So, you know, you don't always have to read just the Bible to your kids, but make sure it's part of that reading experience, okay? Because remember, they have imaginations too. They want to hear, they want to read like sci-fi stories and stuff like, too, uh, stuff like that too. And as long as it's not... Um, you know, as long as they're not evil murder killing sci-fi stories, I think that's incredible because we want to, uh, we definitely want to at at, at all costs, we want to make sure that we uh, broaden our children's imagination. We want them to have a big imagination. A big imagination leads them to believe that heaven is a very real thing and they'll learn it as they get older. Uh, I want to uh, pop up the rumble chat here real quick. Uh, SAS 64 says, thank you for prayers. God bless you. Please don't shop at Amazon. They want to put everything, everyone else out of business. Amen. Go to JeremyHarrell.com and shop with the American Strong Businesses. There's 500 businesses there waiting for your business. Waiting for your business. Nick uh, Radoff says, uh, deleted my old friends long time ago. Those I didn't leave left me. Bye-bye garbage. My friend gave me a sparkling gem from the Greek devotional for Christmas. Good and deep. Awesome. Uh, Don Hawley, JL, we have about 20 today and heavy snow forecasted for Christmas. Hoping roads don't get bad. I have to work all weekend. And then Amanda Collins. Says Jeremy, my son Caden received his Bible yesterday and sent you an email. Amanda, I answered it this morning so he can wake up and read the email. We uh, answered it this morning during coffee before I even left the house. I get up and I go right to work. So I hope uh, that he gets it. And thank you so very much. And Lynn Fur says, my first rise up. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome and open your arms to Lynn. This is her first live rise up. Thank God that uh, he led you here. This is truly a great show. What is the book called, T. Mitchell? The book is called One Minute Prayers for Dads. Okay? I'll show it to you again. And again, it may come in more than just this little leather-bound book, but it's One Minute Prayers for Dads. And I'm so happy that the Midwest is going to get covered in snow. We got covered in snow last weekend, and I love having a wise uh, a white Christmas. So uh, Lauren says, Laura MD says, Love Rise Up. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, thank you, too. Thank you, too. All right. The next book we're going to get to is Heaven, 90 Devotions from Our Daily Bread. Now, this is a book that we added, I believe, in week eight because we, uh, we, re- we retired two of the other devotional books that we were going through. So we're going to get right into the next. We're, we're just going page by page because we want to see where God leads us. We want to see where God leads us. And today, ladies and gentlemen, the funny thing about this is we are reading from Revelation 21 through 23. Oh, wait, did we read from that one yesterday? I believe we read from the light of the Lamb yesterday. Yes, we did. Today, we're reading from We're Safe. We're Safe. And that's going to be from 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. Again, 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4 four, okay? And it's called We're Safe. God has given us new birth into an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, and never fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And that place that's kept in heaven for you, guess who's keeping it for you? Guess who's clearing that path to get there for you and is going to make a nice place for you to rest in peace? Jesus, he's there right now. He's there now while the Holy Spirit is here with you doing the will of God and of Jesus Christ. It's that incredible, ladies and gentlemen. That incredible. The United States Bullion Depository in Fort Knox, Kentucky is a fortified building that stores five thousand tons of gold bullion and other precious items entrusted to the federal government fort knox is protected by a 22 ton door and layers of physical security alarms video cameras minefields barbed razor wire razor wire electric fences armed guards and unmarked apache helicopters based on the level of security fort knox is considered one of the safest places On earth, as safe as Fort Knox is, there's another place that's far safer. And it's filled with something more precious than gold. Heaven holds our gift of eternal life. The Apostle Peter encouraged believers in Christ to praise God because we have a living hope, a confident expectation that grows and gains strength the more we learn about Jesus. And our hope is based on the resurrected Christ. His gift of eternal life will never come to ruin as a result of hostile forces. It will never lose its glory or freshness because God has been keeping and will continue to keep it safe in heaven. No matter what harm may come to us in life, God is guarding our souls. Our inheritance is 100% safe. Like a safe within a safe. Our salvation is protected by God. We are secure. Now, there's two parts in this that I want to touch on that I was thinking about, that I've been thinking about for days, and I remembered them as I was reading this passage or this uh, devotional. Number one, as safe as Fort Knox is, there's another place that's safer and it's filled with something more precious than gold. You see all of these people. I think, the big, I think one of the biggest people on the internet right now is this guy, Andrew Tate. Now, if you don't know Andrew Tate, at first glimpse, and, and by the way, he's got a lot of really great things that he does say, but the guy's truly lost. He's truly lost. He understands the, the NWO. He understands the New World Order. He understands big government. He understands the monetary system, what they're trying to do. He, he has all the information in the world that you need, but what he lacks is wisdom. And he's out and he just converted to Islam and he's pressures his brother to convert to Islam. The reason why I'm bringing this guy up is, is because everybody under the age of 40 is in love with this guy for some reason. Okay, he's all about, you know, toxic masculinity, you know, not what we don't call it toxic masculinity. I'm saying he embraces what the left calls toxic masculinity. He embraces his male role. But what he brings with that is bragging about money, bragging about Bugattis, bragging about Lamborghinis, bragging about having security guards, bragging about having women converted to Islam because he wants a stronger God, a God that will kill and destroy anybody that gets in his way. Very lost soul. But he inspires millions and millions of people around the world. And I got thinking about this guy the other day. I got thinking about the fact that he brags about his Bugattis and he brags about his money and he brags about his power and he brags about his, his new God and all this. And I got thinking about it. And as rich as that guy is, I think he's worth $300 million. As rich as Bill Gates is, as rich as Elon Musk is, as rich as Jeff Bezos is, they are all spiritually poor. They are all spiritually on food stamps, spiritually on welfare, spiritually no place to live, spiritually lost and misguided. They have nothing. They have everything that the devil wants them to have. And the one thing that they should have, they don't have. And I feel sorry for them. They're lost. Smart people probably put on this earth for great things. However, they don't want to embrace that greatness. All they want, ladies and gentlemen, is more and more and more and more here on earth. But I will tell you that the more that you get here on earth, the less you will have, towards the end of life, and you will have zero in heaven. If you do not remember the story of the rich young ruler, please allow me to remind you or familiarize yourself again with that verse. Good sir, good sir, good teacher. What shall I do to inherit everlasting life in heaven? What was Jesus' response? Does anybody remember a little Bible trivia here? Good sir, good teacher, what shall I do to obtain everlasting life in heaven? First thing Jesus said was, Why do you call me good? What? Rich young ruler must have been out of his mind with confusion. Why do you call me good? His next thing he said There are none good but God. So if you think you're a good person, you're wrong. There are none good but God. The dictionary gives a definition of good, of being morally and spiritually perfect. None of us are. None of us are. So none of us are good. Why do you call me good? There are none good but God. But then he goes on to say, sell all your possessions, leave everything, give it all up, and follow me. Now, he's not saying that a person should not be rich. Not at all. Abraham became rich. David was rich. He blessed many people with riches if they did the right things with the money. It's the people who love the money so much that they will not do the right thing with the money. They loved the money more than they love Jesus and they wouldn't give it up. He wouldn't give it up. He said, sell it all, leave it all behind, and follow me. For it is easier easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a sewing needle than it is for a rich person to get to heaven. Now, a lot of people came with questions. So you're saying that anybody who has money or is rich is not going to heaven? They're missing it entirely. That is not what Jesus says. Jesus says you are not to be poor, just to make it to heaven. It's not a prerequisite. It is also doesn't bar you from being in heaven or going to heaven if you're rich. It's all on how you treat that money. It's all on how you, what you do with that money. And do you covet and love that money more than you love your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It's the intent. It's the motive. It's what you have inside about that money that makes you not eligible for heaven. And the same thing goes with people like Andrew Tate and others. He will get millions of views. He'll make millions of dollars. And yet he is poorer than you and I. Truly amazing. Now, the other part that I wanted to uh, touch on that I was reading through here, and I got sidetracked for a minute, but our hope is, in, is based in the resurrected Christ. If the resurrection didn't happen, Christianity is not real and Jesus Christ does not exist. Not the Jesus Christ that we know as our Lord and Savior. And I will challenge anyone on this planet to walk the same footsteps as Lee Strobel did to prove that Christianity is not real, and also to prove, and I would say by proving, that the resurrection wasn't real. Because if you don't know that story, I've talked about it here multiple times. Lee Strobel, one of the, be- one of the best investigative journalists of his time, spent forever traveling the world to prove that the resurrection was not real. And by doing so, by default would have proved that Christianity is not real. And if anybody knows that story, how'd that work out? He ended up not only proving to himself that it actually was real, but put out solid proof, more proof than everything that is ever written about even Caesar being alive and what he did, that the resurrection is real. The proof is out there, just like the proof of the 2020 election. The problem is nobody wants to look at it. Why? Because they're afraid. And I get it. They're afraid of conviction. They're afraid to admit to themselves the same thing that Jesus said to that rich, young ruler. Why do you call me good? There are none good but God. And everybody thinks they're a good person. Now, if you're judging that characterization of yourself based on an earthly point of view, then yes, Every single person that's probably watching this show right now and that will watch it later, not live, I have a hair on me here, the stupid dogs. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I love my dogs, but I hate when I have hair in my eyes from my hat. Uh, anyway, every single person watching this show now and later will probably tell you they're a good person. But God's standards are so much different than ours. God's standards are so much higher than ours. We can't even fathom for a minute, for a second, for a millisecond. His standards. Can't even fathom it. Even if you come to know Jesus, you still cannot fathom the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the perfection of God, the will of God, and how God sees things, his point of view. Hold on. Ray Fre- Ray says, I was baptized by Lee Strobel when he was a teacher, pastor at Willow Creek Church many moons ago. Ray, is that true? Whoa, put that on the screen there. Ray Friesen says, and by the way, we just uh, sent some money to Ray, so hopefully she gets that soon. I was baptized by Lee Strobel. What an incredible honor. What an incredible honor. Adrian says, over 840 watching, please rumble, and please bring in more people. That is what we really need. We need to open more ears and eyes to the gospel. So ladies and gentlemen, like I say, Do not consider yourself good. And if you think you are, you've got a ways to go. You're not good to God's standards. You're only good from an earthly perspective, which we know is corrupt and fallen. The next book we're going to read from one year with Jesus in the Gospels. One year with Jesus in the Gospels on this December 20th, year of our Lord, 2022. Here we go. It's titled Beef Filled with Oh no, did we read read that yesterday? Yeah, we read that one yesterday. I actually skipped ahead. So we're going to read tomorrow's and we'll just always be a day ahead because I read that one yesterday. Remember the Holy Ghost? I must have messed up on 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 accident messed up and 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 read the wrong day because Uh, That's actually talking about the Holy Ghost, which we talked about yesterday, which Lily gets scared of when we say, so we have to say the Holy Spirit. So let's read this one. This one is, Minister of the Good News, John 20 and 20, 21. Minister of the Good News, John 20, 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. The dictionary states, Funny that, we're, funny that we had to skip ahead, and we were just talking about the dictionary's uh, definition of good, and now we're back into the dictionary again. God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? All right. The dictionary states that to reconcile means to reestablish friendship between, to settle or resolve a dispute. The key to reconciliation is to effectively deal with the enmity, ill, will, hatred, or hostility, that caused the disputes in the first place. The enmity between man and God was sin. God took the initiative to remove this barrier through the means and agency of Jesus Christ, thus leaving man and God friends once again. I mean, that is, that is an incredible length that God had to go to to break down that barrier so that we could be friends with God again. And, you want, and isn't it weird, ladies and gentlemen? I want you to see this. I'm actually reading from December 21st, top of the page, December 21st, talking about friends, talking about surrounding yourself with the right friends. I titled today's show, which is 1220, Friends of Evil Will Suffer Too. Do you see how God works through us? Do you see that the message, even though it's a day later, God literally had me skip ahead a day yesterday so that I could touch on this today and have it be relevant with what we're reading to get there. If you don't see that, your eyes are not open yet. This is small ways God works through me and all of you. I just see it. I look for it. The problem is most people don't look for it. Truly amazing stuff here. Truly amazing stuff we're we're getting into here. So let's get back into that again. We have received the ministry of reconciliation. That means that we are to... We are in the ministry of reconciling people to God. That's what we're doing here with this show, ladies and gentlemen. We are reconciling people back together with God through the barrier that he broke down. Much of what people call the gospel today is actually alienating man from God. True. We need to show people their need for God to get them to receive his forgiveness and reconciliation. But the angry and the bitter attitude some people have when confronting the sinner is not correct. Didn't we talk about this the other day? About Christians and how judgmental and rude and mean they are? You're going to go to hell and nobody wants to hear that. Even though it's the truth, nobody wants to hear that as the barrier that we need to break down. Diane says, it is amazing how God works priceless gems every day. Amen. Amen. Imputing people's sins unto them was not the way God used Jesus to reconcile the world unto himself. We should not focus on the problem of sin, but on the answer of God's grace. And that is found in Romans 520. Folks, (laughs) folks, folks, folks. When I told you that if you know Christ, you know the answer to everything, even if you cannot point to a specific verse in the Bible. Because if you know Christ, you think to yourself, what would Christ do? What would Christ say? How would Christ answer this? What decision would Christ have made? Now, I'm not saying that we know everything about Christ, but if you're close, the closer you get to him, the more you understand the Bible. Did we not just talk about this last week? about how it is so wrong the way Christians approach non-believers. I didn't know where exactly that was in the Bible. I do now. Romans 5.20 just goes to show you that the closer you get to God, you don't need to to be a scholar of the Bible and know every verse of every book, although that would be nice. I would love to, and I'm working towards that, but as long as you are really in a relationship with Christ, with God through Christ, (laughs) you let the Holy Spirit do the talking for you. And that's what happened last week. When we, while we're talking about the subject right now, that's what happened last week. When you read a newspaper, you read about things that have already happened. They are not reporting prophecy. They are reporting news. So our real job as ministers of reconciliation is to announce the good news, which is an accomplished fact that sin has already been dealt with through the person of Christ. We should say, now we beseech you, but ye reconciled to God, change your mind and believe the gospel so that you may partake of what has already been done on your behalf. It's incredible. It is incredible. Amanda says, wow, I feel like I'm in church, and I'm driving, and I feel like I'm in church. That is what this is. This is our morning daily church. Ladies and gentlemen, what is that song? What, there's a song, there's a Christian song that says, what if church on Sunday was also church on Monday too, and Tuesday, and Wednesday? What if it wasn't Sunday that was the only day that we set aside for our Lord? What if every day was a day that we set aside for our Lord. That is why Rise Up exists. I didn't intend for this to be an everyday show. I had enough on my plate. Trust me. (laughs) Eli says, what are you going to do now? Tomorrow I have another podcast that you're going to add to? Joking, but half serious. I go where God leads me, folks, and God led me to do this five days a week, apparently. Here we are. Oh, by the way, if you guys are watching on your computers or on even on your phone, if you touch your screen with your cursor or your or your uh, your finger on your phone, you can actually go to playback I mean not playback settings. you can actually go and uh, uh, make the um, make the resolution of the video higher. So if you want it in high def, you can actually do that I believe, just to let you know. So anyway, Moving on, church with our LFA family says Yameen One. Yameen One. Let's, uh, church is supposed to be every day, says W. Wilson. Let's pop up that Rumble chat real quick. You can set it to 1080 in the little gearbox, says LFA producer. Can you go to 1080? I thought you could only go to 720. During live, During live you can go to 1020? Uh, uh, yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, or 1080. During a live show, you can actually set the resolution of this video to 1080. But on a playback, I believe it's 720. Either way, if you want a clearer picture of this beautiful setup and Eli's wonderful graphics and all of the stuff that he puts on the show, a uh, big shout out to Eli. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, all Rumble rants, unless we're raising money for the Slurp Fund, uh, go towards Eli's salary. So, uh, as much as you can, show appreciation and help us pay for Eli's salary. We definitely, definitely uh, love that very much. Um, It would be great if we could start a book club on here for something Christian-based that we could spend maybe the last Friday of each month discussing on here. That would be great. You know what? You know what? That would be great. Anybody can start that. That's the great thing. We can all do that. We don't have to wait for, you know, LFA or somebody else to do that. Anybody can do that. And then maybe we could join that. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, Rumble is so young that if you start pages now, think about this. There are pages on YouTube that play just Christmas music. And guess what? They make... Millions of dollars a year because everybody follows their channel. Rumble is so young right now. You could literally start a channel here and dedicate your time to playing Christmas music, playing faith-based music, playing rock music, rap music, whatever. Little videos like uh, like children have. You know, like the kids have. Uh, that they put their kids in front of the TV and they they watch these little uh, you know, educational videos. If you started that right now on Rumble, by the top five years from now. This may be your full-time job. Think about that. Truly incredible stuff. So I would not not suggest that you guys just continue to follow channels. Start your channels here, too, and you can really, really do some great work for the Lord, for anything, for your your job, for anything. All right, now we're going to go to this book right here, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Listens. Jesus Listens. Now, this is the same exact author that wrote Jesus Calling. Okay. I bought stock in Rumble. It's really cheap right now. Yeah, my wife and I wanted to do that too. We were thinking about where we would put money into, you know, gold, silver, and all that. And Rumble was one of the places. Thank you, Miss Mocha Powered, for the $20 Rumble rant. Thank you, Beanery One, for the $25 Rumble rant. Thank you for all you do. It's an awesome job for sure. Oh, I got to tell you, do you remember when we didn't have a producer, ladies and gentlemen? I, I guarantee you, uh, 300 people got emails back this last week, right? We couldn't do that without a producer. We couldn't do that without help. We couldn't have all these great graphics, all these great transitions without a producer. It truly is great. Truly is great. All right. Gracious God, the Bible promises that those who wait for you will gain new strength. I love to spend time waiting in your presence, even through multitasking and staying busy. It's become the norm. During the Advent season, there are more things to do than usual. Please help me break free for a while from all the activity and demands as I seek your face and enjoy your presence. I ponder the essential truth that Christmas is all about you. Waiting with you is an act of faith, trusting that prayer really does make a difference. So I come to you with my weariness and burdens, being candidly real with you, While I rest in your presence and tell you about my concerns, you lift heavy burdens from my achy shoulders. I'm grateful that you are able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, we were just talking, weren't we, about imaginations and how it is important that we keep our children with their imaginations as I arise. From these quiet moments with you, I delight in hearing you whisper, I am with you. And I rejoice in the new strength gained through spending time with you. How many of you charge your phone every day? Answer me that question. How many of you charge your phone every day? Pretty much all of you, right? How many of you charge your laptops? So why wouldn't you charge your Holy Spirit? Why wouldn't you charge your Holy Spirit by going back and plugging it into God every day? That's what that is. That's what that is, and, that's, and you need it every day because the multitude of sins that you may commit every day and the multitude of evil that is around you, they're influencing you every second of every day. If you do not go to the Lord every day, you are leaving your guard down. I'm going to tell you this. When you go to the Lord every day, you have a solid castle fortress. You have a moat. You have alligators in the, in the, in the, in the water around the moat. You have guards. You have walls. You drawbridge is up. Nobody can get through the armor of God. But the moment, the day that you go without seeking the Lord for any moment of the day, if you forget, if you're doing too much, guess what happens? That drawbridge falls down right across the moat and the enemy is allowed in every single day. It's that serious. It really is that serious. Thank you, Hexleen72 for the $20, who says Merry Christmas and thank you to Eli. And Patsy Boatwright, thank you for the $100. God bless you. Diane Budzillo here, LFA producer, did you receive my email yesterday? Checking on the email. Eli, make sure you check that out, okay? Um. Eli says, thank you for the donors. He is very, very appreciative. Folks, we have 912 people watching. We have 10 minutes left of the show, and we have 312 rumbles. We are hoping to get to 500 rumbles, by the grace of God, before the end of this show. PA Cat Lady said, I stumbled upon Jeremy's show, eventually signed up. It took me a while because I was afraid, but glad I did. God bless you. Thank you so very much. All right, moving on. My, some of my two favorite people in the world, Sam and Linda Magiah, they sent this to me one day. I met them in Virginia, along with Dave Bray, USA. He was with me. And ever since, Sam and Linda Majaya have been family friends. And they sent me this book, Every Day with Jesus. And it's written by Andrew Womack, a great book. I love this book so very much. Let's get into this, ladies and gentlemen. Luke 1, Think about this. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the solution of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Kind of talked about this yesterday, didn't we? Luke 141 says, and uh, and I just read that, this story has become so familiar to us that it's easy to miss the miracles. Wow. Easy to miss the miracles. Okay. Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. They knew each other. Surely Elizabeth was aware that Mary was engaged but not yet married. She was just a teenager. Think about this too, ladies and gentlemen. God chose a teenager and a carpenter to facilitate bringing the Savior of the world in. A teenager and a carpenter. Amazing. She was just a teenager. Yet Elizabeth prophesied about Mary being pregnant with the Messiah. That could have That could not have come out of Elizabeth's mind. She never would have said those things because they were illogical. Elizabeth also referred to Jesus as her Lord. He had just been conceived. Today, he would have been called a fetus, yet she recognized him as her Lord and Savior. Many others proclaimed him Lord at his birth and after his birth, but Elizabeth proclaimed he was Lord from the moment of conception. It is interesting to note that John the Baptist, who was just six months old, who was a six-month-old fetus at the time, leapt for joy in his mother's womb. That means that a six-month-old fetus has what? Emotions. Yet we're allowed to kill babies in New Hampshire up to six months. It also, it is also when he filled with, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, before he was viable outside the womb, God considered him a person and filled him with the Holy Spirit. Think about that, all you abortionists. Elizabeth spoke these words without reservation. She placed a blessing on Mary for believing what the Lord had told her and then reassured her that it would surely come to pass. What an encouragement and confirmation this must have been to Mary. Meditate on these wonderful insights as you go about your day again bringing us back to surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And if you have friends that are evil, you will suffer too. Now, before we get to this verse of the day today, I'm going to read from Christian Ethics, a big, huge book that we're reading. But before we get to the verse of the day today, I want to let you guys know that do not take the, the title, Friends of Evil Will Suffer Too, as me telling you don't be there for people who are savable. Everybody is savable. Be there for them. Don't be there with them there is a difference to be there for somebody means that they know they can come to you when they need something they know they can come to you when they need love uh compassion um kindness whatever but to be there with them means that you are engaging in the things that they're doing and that will get you caught up in something you do not want to be caught up in just remember that as we get ready for the verse of the day But we're going to go to Christian ethics real quick. And we're going to read the next chapter from Christian ethics. Titled Evangelism. When Christians live in the midst of secular cultures that excuse and even glorify all kinds of sin, it is easy for them to feel embarrassed about mentioning Christian ethical standards to unbelievers and to feel reluctant to preach about biblical moral standards in church lest non-Christians who are visiting become offended. But that is not the perspective of the Bible. God's moral standards are regularly viewed as wonderful means of evangelism. Even in the time of the Old Covenant, Moses told the people of Israel that the nations around them would hear of God's wise laws and would be amazed. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you would do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them. Think about that. Keep them and do them. For that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who, when they hear all of these statutes, will say, quote, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. That is what people used to think of America when we were a godly nation. Think about that. That's what they used to think of us. That weapons dealer, the ministry of, minister of death, he just went back to Russia and he said these same things. He said this used to be in America. It's not anymore. Now take away the fact that he is a, a weapons dealer for a minute and think about what he said about America is not a Christian nation anymore. They are weak because we're not keeping Moses's. Uh, uh, we're not keeping God's commandments that Moses brought to us. For what great nation is there? That a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Deuteronomy 4, 5 through 8 tells you that. If we all lived by God's laws, we wouldn't need man-made laws. We wouldn't need police. We wouldn't need jails if we all lived by God's laws. But we don't. And part of God's laws is to preach the gospel, share the gospel. We have less than a thousand people watching right now. How many people watch LFA TV every day live? 4,000? 5,000? Where are they? Good question, isn't it? Don't tell me, oh, this show is too early for them. No, it's not. No, it's not. And if it is, then stop utilizing your time at night, wasted on TV and get to bed by nine, 10 o'clock and use the time that you would be using at nine and 10 o'clock at night at five and six in the morning. And you'll get so much further in life and you'll get so much closer to God. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the show where we read the verse of the day called Friends of Evil Will Suffer Too. And I wanna read the beginning part of this for you. Friends, good morning and happy Tuesday. I hope all is well. As we get closer to the celebration of our Savior's birthday, some of you are still not in the Christmas spirit. The older you get, the harder it gets to have that feeling as you did when you were a kid. However, that is the issue and the blocker that is preventing you from being in the spirit. What we experienced as kids was filled with imagination and excitement for toys and gifts. Now that we are adults, our focus should be on the ultimate gift, the gift of salvation given to us by the Lamb of God. I want you to think of being in a prison. Close your eyes for a minute. Stop typing. Close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to imagine something. We talked about imagination, right? Close your eyes and imagine right now being in a prison, in a Russian gulag, in the middle of the winter in Siberia. This is your last night on earth because in the morning you are set to be executed. It's dark, it's cold, it's lonely, and there seems to be no hope. However, in the middle of the night, just like in ancient times, an angel appears, comes to your prison cell, and sets you free. Not only sets you free, but clothes you in a warmth and shows you the path back home to safety. How would you feel then? That is how you are to view Christmas Eve. We live in a world that has been imprisoned by the devil, so let's break out together. Wow, verse of the day, Revelation twelve eight and 9 says this. But he was not strong enough. Who wasn't? The devil. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. The devil was not strong enough, and he was cast out of heaven, hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Friends of evil will suffer the same fate as the evil that they associate themselves with. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that as we end the show today here on Rise Up at 9 a.m. Eastern Time with yours truly, Jeremy Harrow. I am very honored that I spent this time with you today. I love each and every one of you as if you were my own immediate family members. I'm very happy with what we've been able to build here together. And I'll just say this. There are right ways and there are wrong ways. But there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high, because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I am going to leave you today the same way that we started with, with one of my favorite songs in the world, There Was Jesus. And up next, we have Loud Majority, followed by Live From America, followed by Unafraid. And if you don't watch the shows, make sure you rumble every video. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your morning. Peace out. When
0: the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now Well, there was Jesus In the way